up the series that we've been in. And before we do that, I just want to look right into that camera and welcome all of our family that's joining us online. You know, every single week we have folks on the other sides of computers all over the United States that are joining us. And so Five Stones as one church family, can we put our hands together and welcome our whole church family this morning? So glad that you're joining us. Thank you for, for being uh, online with us. If you can get in the house, we, wanna, we want you here in the house, at all, if at all possible, because it's just better that way. But here's today, we are going to wrap up the series called Make It Matter, where we've been talking about the things that matter, those things that matter to God and the things that should matter to us, those important things. And we've been talking all about all these different things that make sense, that, make, that really matter. Today, I want to talk to you about something that I believe affects every single one of us and it matters a whole lot and let me frame it like this uh, a couple years ago my son Joe uh, he was at a flag football game and it was like a, like a flag football tournament so there was there was a big field a whole lot of flag football games going on and and Joe's game was just about to get started and uh, and so my family wanted some concessions so I said I'll, I'll run over there and I'll get some concessions for us and so I ran to the concession had to walk down the fields went there got popcorn and the stuff and I was making my way back to the field that that we were playing on, and, and some kids, some young kids, they were probably 10 or 11 years old, were out there, and they're just throwing the ball to one another, or whatever, and, and I was just watching them, kind of kind of minding my own business as I walked up, and, and I was looking right at this one little kid, he was probably about 11 years old, and he took one look at me, and he said, hey, stupid person, and I thought, like, I had to do one of those, like, are you talking, you're not talking to me, like, yeah, he said, no, I'm talking to you, you stupid person, and I thought, what? Like the, the, the thoughts that went into my head right there in that moment, I was like, who, who, what are you, I'm not stupid, you're stupid. You know, it's like 11 year old, and I didn't say that because I'm a pastor and we can't say those things, but I thought it. And, uh, and I, I immediately thought, like, I will pick you up and throw you like a football. Like, you don't even know me. And, and I, I'm a little embarrassed. Like, I don't know which one I'm more embarrassed by. The fact that I thought about that for so long or the fact that it derailed me, or the fact that I was thinking of comebacks to this 11-year-old kid. But whatever it was, I started thinking about that so much that I, I got completely lost. Like I was on a whole other field, and I had, to, I had to backtrack and figure out where I was. And when I got back to my family, they were like, where did you go? And I started recounting the story back to them. I said, listen to what this kid said. And I couldn't even get it all out before they were bust out laughing. They said, like, that's absurd. Then I started laughing too because it is absurd. That I got so worked up about 11-year-old kids' words. But, but whoever it is that said this, I, 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 whoever said the phrase, sticks and stones will break my bones, but what does it go? Words will never hurt me. That's the biggest lie in the world. Sometimes I would rather you just straight smack me in the face than to say something to me because words have power. Words have meaning and words, are, words matter. And so last week we talked about how our thoughts uh, matter and, and the importance of our thoughts. But today I want to talk to you about the importance of what we say. Those things that we say, the things that we don't say, and especially those things that we say to the people that we love a whole lot. Because those words can have an incredible impact on the people around you. And uh, David himself had problems with words. This is how David said it in the book of Psalms. He said, he prayed this prayer. He said, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Have you ever said something that you wish you hadn't said? Like as soon as the words came out of your mouth, you wish you could like grab them and shove them back in. Have you, has that ever happened to anybody? Just me? Like, like I have said some things. Yeah, I've said some things before that I really wish that I could get back. I, one time I asked a pregnant woman how far along she was just to find out 
she wasn't pregnant. Kind of wish I could grab those words and shove them back in again. One time I, I saw a young couple that, that came to the church and they were, they were laughing, having a good time together. Looked just cute. I, I mentioned how cute they were. Like they, they looked really good together to find out that they were brother and sister. Kind of want to shove those words back in my mouth. There, there's all kinds of times in our lives where we say things that we wish that we hadn't said. Maybe some point in your life somebody has said something to you that you wish they hadn't said, something that had power uh, or affected you in a, in a powerful way. Or maybe some people, I, I can remember multiple times throughout my life when somebody has said something to me that's really defined me or, or, or had a, a big meaning in my life. I had an English teacher one time, we had to do these presentations, and everybody in the class had to do the presentation, get up in front and, and do the, the whole thing. And, and I got up and did mine, and this English teacher looked at me and she said, you know, Tom, you're pretty good in front of people. You ought to consider doing something with that. And that impacted me, right? I mean, it, it may have something to do with why I'm standing up here talking to you today. Another time, uh, kind of in the different vein, we were in gym class and we were playing football. And the coach looked at me and said, you should find another sport. And, you know, like th that had an impact on me. One time my dad looked at me and he said, he said, Tom, you're a smart guy and you're a capable guy. And, and he looked me dead in the eye and he said, if you work hard enough and you put your mind to it, you, you could accomplish anything. And that had an impact on my life. Words have power. You probably could think of some moments in your life when someone has spoken either something positive or negative over you that you have thought about and said, man, that's, that's had an impact on me. I remember one time, uh, this is years ago, I was just early on in ministry, and there was um, the tornadoes, uh, some tornadoes hit Alabama where we were, and uh, it just devastated. It just laid waste to everything. And we were out there, and I, I was a production guy way back then. I was lights and video and technology and some of that stuff. And, um, and, but that week, everybody on staff got inducted into the Lumberjack Society. You know, like we were all out cutting wood and stacking wood, trying to get people out of their homes because it was just a devastating tornado that hit that area. And while we were out there, um, we were clearing the, the lumber away, the wood away from the road, and something tragically happened. One of the trees fell and smashed a guy who was in his car. I mean, just instantly killed him. And, um, and I remember some of the guys that were around there knew that I, was, that I worked at a church, and so they called over and they said, hey, that's one of the pastors of the church. Come over here and pray for them. Now, the truth is, uh, I, I, was, I wasn't a pastor at the time. I was, I was on the tech team, right? And so, uh, I, but I went over there, and, and I prayed, prayed with them and prayed for them. And the next day, uh, in, in a meeting, I was recounting it to our lead pastor. And I said, uh, I was kind of laughing. And I said, you know, what they said is, they said I was one of those pastors. And I told them, hey, I'm not a pastor. I'm just one of the tech guys. And he stopped me right in front of the whole staff. And he said, no, no, no. He made sure everybody listened. He said, don't sell yourself short. Don't ever sell yourself short. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you are a minister of the gospel of the Holy Spirit. You, you can go and pray for those. You're never just anything. And let me say that to you too. Especially if you're serving at Five Stones Church, you're never just anything. You, you may help in kids' ministry and think that you're doing, doing something incredible. Something that is changing lives in our children's ministry. Maybe you're holding open a door or handing out a worship guide. You're smiling, giving hope today. You're never just doing anything. God is using you to accomplish something incredible right here at Five Stones Church. This is why we, we, we talk about going into next steps all the time. And we'd love it if right after service today, that right in that room, right there before you leave, we'll, we'll take care of lunch, child care is provided too. We, we want you to get into next steps because we want you to find where you're gifted and where you're passionate about. Because it's not just anything. You're actually so much more. And those words that are spoken over you, like those words right here, they have power. Sometimes we, we sell ourselves short because we don't realize how much the, the power of our word impacts us. 
But I think the best way that anybody in Scripture may have ever outlined this is James. And in the book of James, this is what he says about words. He says, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect and able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they're so large and are driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, listen to this. He says the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Wow. James says your words are powerful. You better watch your words because your words can set fire to something. And the interesting thing about fire, fire can be good or bad, right? Fire can warm your house and, and it can cook your, your food, right? But, but fire can also be damaging and destructive. It can burn your house down. Now, every guy in this room has got that one story where you nearly burned the planet down, right? There was an accident and I did, didn't mean, but, but you almost did it. Here's mine. So one time um, I had this, we lived out in the country and we had this big burn pile. It's just a bunch of old lumber and stuff. We had worked on the house that we had to take care of. And Deborah took the kids off to, to go shopping. And I thought, this is a good time. I'll, I'll go take care of this burn pile. And, and, and it was getting bigger and bigger. And so I thought, man, I, I better get to this stack before it just gets out of control. And so I did what everybody does, right? You, you take a little bit of gas. You guys know what I'm talking about. You put it in a cup, kind of pour it on the fire and, and, and light it. And it did. It went whoo. You know, kind of set up. And I thought, okay, great. So I went back in the house, got some old boxes I wanted to burn up, brought those back out there, and the fire was out. And I thought, well, great, you know, I'll try a little bit more. So I put a little bit more gas in the cup, poured it on the burn pile, and, and set it on fire, walked away for a minute, came back, and it was out again. And so I thought, like every good red-blooded American, you know what this fire needs? More gas. And so I just took our five-gallon container of gas, and, and I just, yeah, I'm already seeing the head shake. Like, I just started to pour it on the burn pile, like just liberally pouring it out. And you know what happens right then, right? Like there was some little spark that was underneath there, and as soon as the gas, like I got a decent amount of gas on this pile, and it, it hit that spark. And as soon as it did, woof! It went up like a napalm bomb. Like what happened next, like I really, it happened so fast, I can't even describe to you exactly what was happening. Because I just like, I blinked my eyes and the world was on fire. I mean, it was like burning so bad. It was like flaming up to heaven. And I, I was completely unprepared. I thought, oh my gosh, what have I got to do? And so I, like, I didn't even have a hose. So I ran back and I started to hook up the hose and, and, and bring it out there. And what I did, when, by the time I made it back to the pile, I recognized that, that the fire had gone so out of control that it started burning the dry patches of grass around it. And now little fires are popping up everywhere. And I'd like to think that the first thought that came through my head was, oh my gosh, how am I going to extinguish it? But it was actually, what am I going to do if my wife Deborah finds out? And so I thought, I've got, I've, got to, I've got to figure this out somehow. And so I started to spray it, and I looked over, and that's when I saw it. One of the little fires had caught, and, and the five-gallon gas tank was not right at the nozzle, was on fire. 
That's what I did. I was like, huh. Like, I, honestly, I, I think I screamed like an eight-year-old girl. I went, huh. Like, like, and then all I could think was like, it's, it's, it's a bomb. It's a, it's a bomb. It's going to blow up. And so like I shielded myself. Like I was like, dude, like, I, I don't know what I was going to do in this situation. But, but I thought, man, I've got to do something to put this out because it didn't blow up. So I said, okay. So I went over to it and I picked it up. And then I started to blow on it like a birthday candle. Like, I don't, like you do some weird stuff when you're in the middle. And so I was like, and I had a glove. And so I, I, I kind of put it out. And I thought, okay. Okay, I got that out, then we're not going to explode, and so I got that away, and then I, I proceeded to stop on all these individual little fires, spraying this out. It took an incredible amount of time because the fire was raging out of control, but I finally, finally got this thing under control where I could actually contain it, and that was uh, right about the time when my wife pulled back up, up front, and so, so I just walked around out front, and I said, hey, hey, Deb, uh, how's it going? And she took one look at me, and she said, what happened? And all I could think is, like, she's psychic. Like, how did she know? And, and then, I, then I looked at my reflection. And I lo- from head to foot, I was covered in ash and soot. And, and the fire, when it initially went off, it had singed every hair on my head. Like, I mean, I was a few short hairs away from drawing my eyebrows on with her makeup. You know what I mean? Like, but, but, but that fire nearly got out of control. Like, it was nearly to a place where I couldn't contain it. It was almost to the place where it really could have burned down my house. It could have done something really, really damaging. James says, your words are just like that. He said, if you don't watch it, your words are able to blow up right in front of your face. And and, and you need to realize this. Words can destroy a marriage. Words can damage a relationship. Words can destroy a business. They They could take down a church. Words have so much power that they could, they could greatly damage a child if you're not careful. Your words have power. James said no human can tame the tongue. See, that's why we have to be diligent. When we're talking about our words, we have to be diligent because once they're out there, you can't take them back. Like once those words leave your mouth, they become uncontrollable. You can't unsay something, right? We can't unhear something that somebody has said. Once those words are out, they're damaging and they, they have power. So many of us have been hurt by words. Maybe somebody has said something to you that, that even to this day, maybe it was years ago, but you've internalized that and you're holding on to it. It's the power of words that, that, that has so much ability to damage us and, and to strengthen us. It's got power. And maybe those words have caused you to, to think about how you respond to other people. I think sometimes what we do is we've been hurt by words and then we turn around and use those similar words to hurt other people, right? You've probably heard this before, hurt people, hurt people. That's exactly what happens a lot of times. And you have to take responsible, responsibility for your words. You have to say, man, I, I might have been hurt by words, but I'm not going to use those words to hurt other people. Words have such power. They can be used as weapons. So many times husbands stab their wives with words. And so many times wives lash out at their husbands with words. Kids. I've heard kids be so damaging to one another with their words. And and parents damage children with their words, not even thinking that what they're saying is is like a weapon. I remember one time when when Deborah and I were very first married, we were were just newlyweds, 
And uh, we got into some knockdown drag out. You know, like, come on, those people who are married, you remember those early years, you get into some good ones. I mean, like, there's, like, it's two paradigms coming together, right? Like, this world and that world, and you smash together, and you end up, in, unless you're holy, look at how holy you are. No, we don't, Pastor Tom, we don't argue. We just constantly hug and love. Well, we did, man. We had some good ones. I mean, like, they, they, in the early times, like, I remember there was this one, like, I'm launching some words at her. She's launching them back at me. And I thought, oh, I'm going to launch this one back at her. And she launched another one at me. And then it came to that point. You know that I'm talking about. If you're married, like, you got that one. You know what I mean? Like, it's a zinger. You keep it in your back pocket. And, and if, oh, I'm, if I use it, it's the nuclear option. Right? Like, if I send this one out there, she's blowing up, you know? And, like, I had it right here, and it's cocked and ready to go. And for whatever reason, like, I can't even remember what this argument was about. Really, honestly, I can't. I asked Deborah because it would have probably made the story better, but, like, she couldn't remember it either, which tells you a lot, by the way. Some of the stuff that we have such big arguments over, we can't even remember what we were fighting about. But I had it. I was ready to, I was cocked and loaded, ready to send it at her. And for whatever reason, I just stopped right in that moment, and I just stared at her. You know what I mean? Like when you, like, I'm not even going to dignify you with words. You know, you just stare right at, I looked at her like the, like Rocky did the Russian guy in Rocky Four. Like he was just like, if she dies, she dies. You know, like I was like, man, it, like it was, it was right here. And then I did the ultimate, you know, like this is it. Like instead of saying the words, I grabbed the keys, I got to the door, I slammed the door. You know, that, <laughs> got her. Got in the car, drove to my brother's house, and I thought, man, I'm going to tell him. He's going to side with me, right? Because he's my brother and he's a guy. I got to my brother's house, I said, listen to what Deborah said. I was telling him all about it. And he listened real patiently. And you need those people in your life that you can trust that isn't going to turn around and, and, and hate the other person, that you, you know you can hold confidence and they love you. And he listened the whole time. He had been married for, for a while before, and he listened to me. And then he said this, this phrase that was really interesting. He said, do you want my advice? I said, yeah. He said, okay, here's my advice. Shut up. And I thought, what? Like, I expected him to say, like, God, I can't believe she got so emotional about that. He said, shut up. I said, what do you mean? He said, this is the phrase that stuck with me. He said, do you want to be right or be married? Like, which one? Do you, would you rather be right or be happy? And I thought, he said, that's a dumb argument. Don't die on that hill. Give it up. Go back and apologize. That was good advice then. It's good advice right now. See, this is the thing you need to know. If, you, you, if you're keeping notes, I want you to write this down. When you're, when you're dealing with the power of your words, you should know this. You need to know when to shut up. <laughs> You need, sometimes you, and I know that's a hard thing to say, and if you're a kid here, like, listen, this is why we have FS kids, okay? We got good, age-appropriate teaching over there, but if you're a kid, don't say those words back, listen to mom and dad. But that may be a rough thing to say, but it might also be the most pastoral thing that I could tell you today. Sometimes in this life, you need to know when to shut up, when to keep your mouth shut. If you don't believe me, listen to what Proverbs says. It says, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. See, the Bible says be quiet. Sometimes we have these things that we feel like, man, I've got to say this. Like I need to say this in this moment. And the Bible says sometimes you just need to keep your mouth shut. In fact, Ephesians puts it this way. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. I know it's, it's rough to say, shut up. But I think it might just be the thing that could save your marriage today. Or, or, or your relationships or your job. It could be something that, that, that keeps you from doing something that they're saying something that you will regret. 
Because sometimes I think in this life, you know, we, we just get angry, right? And our flesh rises up and we want to say these things. And you're tempted to say these things that you shouldn't. And, and when you are, I want you to remember this thing. You can always say more, but you can't say less. Like once they're out there, you can't undo that. And you can always say more. Like if, at any point, like you can always add more to the conversation, but you can't say less once, once they're out there. And I know what some of you are thinking, because I can see it in your face. You're, you're saying like, amen, Pastor Tom, this is great. In fact, I'm going to get the YouTube link to this, and I'm going to send it to that person who needs to learn how to shut up. And if you're thinking that, you're missing it, because I'm talking about you, okay? This is all of us. We all do this. And here's the truth of the matter. Um, we mask it in so many ways. This, don't we do this? We do this sometimes. We say, well, I'm just being honest, right? I'm just telling the truth, right? No, you're not. You're just being a jerk. That's what you're doing right now. See, the truth of the matter is, is honesty is not saying everything that is true. Honesty is, saying, is making sure that everything that is said is truthful. Sometimes you don't have to say everything, let me help you guys. When, when your wife says, did these pants make my butt look big? You don't have to answer that always. You can say something honest like, everything you wear is good to me because I love you so much. Do you see that? That's honest. You, 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 can, you can use these honest words. You don't always have to say, because maybe the pants made her butt look big. I'm just being honest. <laughs> see what I'm saying? Like, oh, my point in this is not everything that, that, that can be said needs to be said. Sometimes you need to keep your mouth shut, especially when that blood is boiling and, and that blood is pumping inside of you and you feel like, man, I, I've got to pop off. Now's the time you walk away. I like to say it this way. There's a reason why God put your tongue behind your teeth and your mouth. Okay, maybe, just maybe, they might need to take a minute and say, God, do I need to say this right now? God, do I need, is there a better way that I can say this? Is there a kinder way, a more uplifting way? Because words matter. And if we're going to grow in, in our walk with the Holy Spirit, then we need to learn to slow down and listen to what God wants. So sometimes you need to shut up. Here's the second thing you need to do. Sometimes you need to speak up. Right? There are some times in your life you do need to say something. Recently I've been to a couple of funerals, and um, I was just overwhelmed by the, the incredible things that the people were saying about the person in the casket. It was just incredible, uh, like how, what they, the impact they had made on their lives and, and how incredible they thought they were. And I, all I could think is, why do we often wait so long to say those good things that we know about that person? Why do we hold on to those? Why not say, like, that person that was lying in that casket could have benefited so much by those kind, good, uplifting words. But at this point, it's really too late. See, we have incredible power not just to rip down and tear down with our words, but we can also build up. This is what Proverbs says about that. It says, a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Words bring life. Words have the power to bring life into things. See, in Genesis 1, when God was creating anything, everything, he used words. Isn't that incredible? Like God, when you're God, you could have decided to do it any way you wanted. He could have thought and it, it existed. He could have considered it and it was there. But God decided that the way that he would create everything was with words. He said, let there be light, and there was. And then you know what he did? He made us in his image. 
And so in the same way, like we have the ability, because we're like God in this way, that we can create and destroy with our words. He gives us the power to build people up with words. And every good relationship is made up of a lot of good words. Every healthy marriage that I've found is made up of a lot of healthy, good words spoken in positive light. And every unhealthy relationship that I've seen, unhealthy marriages are made up of a lot of unhealthy words or no communication at all or, or a bunch of negativity. Like if you want a healthy relationship, then you have got to have more life-giving words than negative ones. You, it's just a reality. And, and if I could talk to the guys for a minute, because I think a lot of times we as guys have a, a real issue with this. You know, on average, a woman, I, I believe the statistic was women speak about 30,000 words a day. That's just how, how God wired them. You know how many men speak? 10,000. That means that, like, when, when guys have spoken up all the words that they can speak, women are just getting warmed up, right? And so a lot of times, we, we don't even have the words to speak. We've wasted them all day on work and, and other things, and by the time we get home, we're done. We're out of words. But I got to tell you, I'm so sick of hearing stories about, I just, we were just having a conversation the other day about somebody that had never heard their dad say, I love you. And I'm just so tired of hearing that because as guys, a lot of times we think, well, we say it and we just may not use the words, but we say it, right? Like I, I provide for them. I take care of them. Like I buy, I pay the bills. I take care of them. Listen, man, your family needs the words. They need to hear it. They need you to hear it. Say it. Just say the word. Say, I love you. And, and I'm proud of you. And, and, and I, I want you around. And I'm excited to be with you. Like your family are starving. Your wife and your kids are starving for these words. And those words that, that they get pelted with every single day are so negative. I mean, more so than ever before. We are just surrounded with so much negative words. They go to school, and they're surrounded with negative words. Their friends are chewing them up with negative words. They turn on the, 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 the TV, there's negative words. They, put, they pull out their phones, negative words. It's negative, negative, negative. All the time, some negative words. It's all around them. I want my voice of life-giving power to be the loudest voice in my family's house. That, that if they're going to hear all those words, then that means I've got to fight twice as hard to make sure they're hearing good and positive and life-giving words in my house. That's why many times my kids, since they were just little, will hear me pray this prayer. I'll pray, God, would you make, I've got two boys and a girl, I would say over my boys, I'd say, God, I pray over them at night. God, would you make them the most powerful man or woman for their generation for the kingdom of Christ? God, I pray over my daughter. Ever since you, I could hold her. She couldn't even hear, understand the words. I, but ever since then, I was praying, God, make her the most incredible, most influential person for her generation, for the kingdom of Christ. And I, I say that for two reasons. The first reason I say that is because I genuinely want that. How amazing would it be if God answered that request? That, they, that my kids could be the most incredible, influential, or powerful person for the kingdom of Christ. They would do something incredible for God's kingdom in, in their generation. So, so for starters, I just do it because I, I, I want God to answer that prayer. But here's the second reason. I, they need to hear me pray that over them. They need to hear me think that I, I believe that they could be that. They need to hear that, that because I believe this. One day they might face a situation where they have to make a decision. And I want them to think, is this what the most powerful person for my generation for the kingdom of Christ would do? Is this, is, is this how they would respond? You see, those words have power. And so you need to know how to, at the times when, when you need to shut up, and you know when to speak up. And here's the last thing. Sometimes you need to know when to clean up. you got to know with your words when to clean up. I think sometimes in so many of our relationships, we have 
set people on fire with our words. And what we've done is we just walk away from that and just watch them burn. And you may have been responsible to allow a mistake to slip out of your mouth. Like at some point you may have, have hurt or damaged or burned somebody up with your words. And at some point you have to take ownership over that fire. And if you've burned somebody else up with your words, you need to clean up after yourself. And how do you do it? Well, you admit specific actions without excuses. You know what that, the fancy word for that is? Apologize. You admit specific actions without excuses. And this isn't I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry is for mistakes. Like when you say, I, I'm sorry, like, let me tell you this. When you say, I'm sorry you feel that way, that is not an apology and everybody knows it. Like when you say, I'm sorry you, you misunderstood me, that's like saying, I wish you were smart enough to get it. Right? It's not an apology. When you say, I'm sorry, what I'm sorry really means is I wish I didn't get caught because it's inconvenient for me. That's what I'm sorry means. An apology is different. An apology says, hey, I recognize what I did hurt you. And it's, it's unacceptable. I, I, I ask for your forgiveness in this area. I recognize that I, sh that I blew up in front of your friends. And I made you look bad. I'm sorry about that. I wish it hadn't happened. I did that. I take responsibility. Can I do something to make it right? And don't push the blame back on other people. Don't, don't try and push it back on them and, and blame them for not feeling a certain way or, or, or not apologizing for specifics. An apology says, I was wrong. I hurt your feelings and I recognize I'm taking responsibility for my words. Will you forgive me? The Bible says this in Proverbs. I like the message translation of it. It says the right word at the right time is like a custom-made piece of jewelry. Boy, that's true. Like when you, when you say the right thing at the right time, even if you've messed up. And let me tell you something, parents. Sometimes we feel like it's weakness to apologize to our kids. Let me tell you, it's not weakness. It's strength. Model that for your kids. When you mess up, say, hey, you know what? I, I did wrong. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not perfect. I mess up from time to time, and I apologize. And, and when you do this, it shows strength, not weakness. It shows, man, my dad or my mom recognizes that, that they did wrong in this, and they can apologize. When, when you've spoken the right word up, instead of building a fire, you've built up a person because your words can make a difference. And in the same way that God offers us hope, and encouragement, and, and he gives us comfort. I think we can speak that same powerful, uplifting words to other people in our life. And, and what do you do when, when you've had words spoken to you that, that were hurtful and damaging? Like, how do we handle those moments when, when somebody has hurt us in such a way that, that their words have burned us up? I remember I used to have this video game when I was a kid, and one of the characters, it was a fighting game, and one of the characters was able to, like, take this fireball, and he would, like, shoot it out and damage the other person would get burned up. I think that's what we do with our words sometimes. We, they become this fire thing, and we blast it at other people. So when you get hit with that fireball, what do you do? See, I think there's three options. The first option that we do a lot of times is we'll take that flaming ball and we hold on to it and it burns us alive. And that's not what God wants for you to do. When people launch hurtful, negative words at you, don't hold on to it. Here's the second thing that we do a lot of times. We add gas to it and throw it back at them, right? That's what we'll do. We'll say, oh yeah, you got me. I'm going to burn you up now. I'm going to make it even worse. Let me tell you something. When you fight fire with fire, you know what you get? A bigger fire. You can't fight fire with fire. You just end up with a bigger fire. I think here's a third option that God wants for us. 
When somebody launches a negative, hurtful word at us and, and tries to burn us alive with our words, then you can take that fire and you can pour the water of the Holy Spirit on it. And in, instead of launching that back, you can actually give them life-giving, powerful words back. And I know that's challenging. That's hard to do. It's not easy to, like, once you get launched at somebody, like those words launched at you, it's not easy to say, oh, you know what, I'm going to give love, life-giving words, extinguish the fire and give it back to them. But the Bible says to do that. Colossians says, bear with each other and, and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. How do we forgive somebody who has said something that's so hurtful that maybe it's damaged us for years? Well, you forgive the way the Lord has forgiven you. I want to ask you this question. Has, has God ever forgiven you of something that was probably unforgivable? Has God ever forgiven you of some of the words that you have spoken that have not been life-giving? Of course he has. And as freely as you have been forgiven, God says, just give that same forgiveness back. We forgive as we've been forgiven. We show mercy as we've been shown mercy. We act like Christ to others, even though they've wronged us, even, even though they've damaged or hurt us. You know, I've got three kids, and um, all of them kind of look like me. Uh, like uh, the, the really ones that are blessed look more like their mother. But, but all of them look like me in a little bit, you know. And when you forgive others, you know who you look like? You look like your heavenly father. When you forgive those that are, are hurting you with your words, have damaged you in some way, when they've said something that's really, truly unforgivable, and you choose to forgive anyway, you start to look just like your heavenly father. The truth is, of the matter is when Jesus was being hung on the cross for our sins, when he was being nailed there, they were hurling insults at him. He didn't deserve not, not one bit of it. He didn't deserve any of it. He didn't deserve those hateful, hurtful words. He didn't deserve that action. He was doing that for you. And so many times I think that we've faced these moments where Man, I, I didn't deserve that. I didn't deserve to be spoken to that way. And of course, you're right. But that doesn't mean it negates you from forgiving. Because Jesus used some of the last words of his life to say, forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. Maybe somebody has hurt you in that way. Maybe they've used negative words to you, and it's damaged you, and you've internalized it, and you've held on to it. Maybe it's, maybe it's even infected the way that you've behaved in life, caused you to lash out and hurt other people or, or caused you to respond in some negative way. And I want to tell you this, that, that even though you've been hurt today, God opens up an opportunity for you to forgive. Or maybe you've been the one that's hurt other people. You've used your words in a negative way to launch attacks at somebody. And I'm here to tell you this, that same forgiving God is available for you today as well for all of us. And so I want to ask you to bow your heads with me today. And we're going to pray together. We're going to ask God for forgiveness in this house. I'm telling you, he's right here. And he's so available for you. While no one's looking around, every head's bowed and every eye's closed right now, I just want to talk to the ones that, that maybe feel like they've been hurt by words. They've been damaged by something that someone has said to them. It's just a moment between you and God, me as a pastor. God wants healing for you today.
Maybe you'd say, yeah, I, I've, I've been hurt by somebody. Maybe it was years ago, and you've been holding on to that fire, and it's been burning you. God just wants you to be forgiven of that. While no one's looking around, if, if you need prayer about that, why don't you just slip your hand up so I can pray for you? Yeah, God bless you. If it happens to all of us, yes. Yes, 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 everywhere. So good. So good. Anyone else? Yeah, God bless you. Maybe today you'd know if you're honest that you have hurt somebody else with your words. You've torn somebody down and, and you know that's damaging. Can you just be honest today and say that was me? Lift up your hands. Yeah, gosh, that's all of us, right? Amen, amen. Let me pray for us. Put your hands down. Father, I just thank you that forgiveness is in this house. Lord God. Lord, some of those words that were spoken over us that were damaging, that were cruel, that were vicious, maybe they were even lies about us. God, we just take those words right now and under the power and the authority of Jesus Christ, we crush them. We say they no longer are going to have an effect on us. We ask, Holy Spirit, that in place of that burn, you would apply your Holy Spirit presence now. And that instead of burning, God, we feel your love and your peace in that area. God, we release that person. Just do this right now. Just say, I release them. I release you now. Go ahead and say it out loud. Say, I release you. God, we release them. They're no longer going to have an effect on us anymore. I'll let you take, let you handle that. Maybe today, God, we've hurt someone with our words. We've damaged them. We recognize that was not what we wanted to do. That's not what you wanted for us. And we, we just ask God for forgiveness in that. Lord, forgive us for those that we've hurt or we've damaged in some way. And I pray, God, right now, that you would bring healing to that person that we've damaged. If we can, in any way, Make it right by going to them and saying, I apologize for those words. I pray you'd make an opportunity for us to do that. But maybe it's not possible. Maybe we can't even get to that person anymore. And so I just ask God that you would forgive us in the name of Jesus. We're still praying right now. If you would say, I've done some things against God that I've never received forgiveness for. Literally, the Bible says that everyone in this room has all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. We all need a Savior. And, and what God wants for you today, right now, is to feel His forgiveness to you. And so what He wants is simple. He's done all the work. He says, if you'll just accept the work of the cross, that He died in your place, if you'll receive that, you'll have freedom today. And so while no one's looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed, if you'd say, that's me, I just want you to just shoot your hand up real quick. You can slip it up, slip it back down. God bless you. Yes, yes, yes. I need his forgiveness today. I want to begin walking with him. God bless you. Yeah. Yes. Yes, ma'am. God bless you. Yes, ma'am. God bless you. Yes. Yes. So good. So good. We're going to pray together. The Bible says this. If you mean it from your heart and you confess it with your mouth that you're saved, what do you mean? You mean that you know you're a sinner and you need a savior and you believe that in your whole heart. And so I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray. And we're going to pray this prayer all over the house. We'll pray it out loud. You just believe that from your whole heart as we pray it. I'll help you with the words. You say it this way. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, I surrender my life to you. God, I know I've sinned and I need a Savior. So I ask you to come into my heart. Wash me and cleanse me and make me your child. I'll live for you forever and I'm never going to be the same 
I believe in you and I trust you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give God praise in this house. Oh, come on, they stepped over from death to life.